The following recording is from the Parramatta Christian Church pulpit series. These sermons are freely available at pcc.org.au. All right, this morning we're beginning uh, a new series. So if you have your Bibles, um, grab them. Um, we're, we're calling it Encountering Jesus. And uh, for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at different individuals, particularly in the book of John, uh, four different weeks, four different individuals or people that encountered Jesus in ways that um, were transformative. They, they were so profoundly impacted that it set their life on a different trajectory. And so uh, I want to just encourage you straight up the bat, if you know people that you think need an encounter with Jesus, pray for them and invite them to come and encourage them, offer to pick them up, but do what you can to get them to church so that they can hear the good news of Jesus. I encourage you, be praying really uh, intentionally about that over these next four weeks. Because as we will do this series, we're kind of using Tim Keller's book, Encounters with Jesus, as a bit of a backdrop. You'll see that each of these people, when they encountered Jesus, were so powerfully impacted because Jesus seemed to be able to speak into the very core of their being, into the very searching questions that they were wrestling with. And Jesus, through his character and his personality and through the wisdom and the answers that he gave them, seemed to answer the very deepest longings of their heart. And when they encountered Jesus, something was significantly different. And so we're believing that as we journey over these next few weeks and, and look at these people and, and their encounters with Jesus, that the same thing's going to happen to us. That we will identify with these characters and hear Jesus' words and Jesus' response and gaze at the beauty and the wonder of Jesus in his interactions with them. And that will stir our heart, that it will touch us and that it will impact us and it will transform us wherever we're at in our journey. Whether we're yet to discover the wonder of Jesus and commit ourselves to him and surrender to him or whether we're kind of in the middle still trying to work it out and searching out and trying to figure out what we do with Jesus or whether we're committed to following him or we, we have been but we're distracted and we're drifting or whether we're walking with Jesus faithfully wherever we're at that our heart's desire will be to be in Christ even more to grow in Christ to to be refreshed in him to encounter him afresh and to just delight in the wonder of who Jesus is and allow him to speak to us where we're at and to challenge and transform us so that our lives are different as well so that's our prayer and so this morning as a, a launching pad I want us to look briefly at a, at a character who encountered Jesus, and he's not in the book of John, uh, but still is a great um, interaction with Jesus that, uh, that I want to use as an introduction for us to think about this next series. So it's in Mark chapter 10, and it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And I want to read you this passage and just briefly look at five questions that this passage raises for us to engage with and us to think about, not just for today, but throughout the whole series, that these five questions will kind of be in the background of our thinking as we journey through these different encounters. And this is what it says in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 and following. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. 
son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come and make Jesus' presence so real to us. Lord, that as we read and encounter uh, Jesus through his word, Lord, that you will bring alive faith in our own hearts. Help me to communicate it faithfully and clearly that your people would be encouraged and blessed this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Five questions. Question number one. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Not just today, but as we go through this series, as you look at these different characters and see their story and where they were at, I want you to ask yourself, how do I see myself? Well, Bartimaeus, we're told he's a blind man. He's a beggar. And he's sitting by the wayside on the exit road out of Jericho. Chances are he was, uh, uh, and we know from the way the New Testament community worked, uh, as a blind man, he would have been excluded from his community. He was a beggar, so he was dependent on the generosity and the, and the compassion of other people. Chances are he was isolated from his family, alone, begging. That's how he saw himself. He knew who he was. He knew the reality of the situation he was in. He, there was no denying that there was a problem. But for us, it can be a lot harder. So often we can think, well, there's nothing really wrong with me. I have a good life. I'm smart. I have a good job. I have a good education. I have a comfortable life. And to ask that question, how do we see ourselves? It would be interesting how you would define yourself. Would you define yourself by your need, by your brokenness, by your struggles, by your challenges? Or would you define yourself by all the good things that are in your life, all the things that are working, all the things that you don't need help with because that's how we tend to define ourselves. We don't like admitting weakness, our weakness and our, our need, particularly for God. And yet the New Testament in one of Jesus' most famous Teachings in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, Jesus says it's only the poor in spirit that will see God, that will encounter God. It's those who recognize their desperate state and their desperate need for help outside of themselves. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to you know, help the people who are well. I came to be a carer, a doctor, a healer for the sick. I didn't come to you know, rescue people who didn't think they were lost, but I came to seek out those who knew that they were lost and far from God. So my question, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as desperate, broken, lost, blind, a beggar sitting by the side of the road without hope if God does not step into your life in a very real way? See, if you don't see yourself like Bartimaeus did, I want to say to you, you will never encounter Jesus the way the characters in the Bible did because they saw something in themselves that drove them towards Jesus. Second question, who do we turn to for help? Who do we turn to for help? I love this. In here, Bartimaeus learns that Jesus is walking down his street. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Bartimaeus knew something of Jesus because he says, Jesus, son of David. Now that's a reference to the promises in the Old Testament about Jesus being the Messiah, the coming king that would restore the kingdom of God and that would bring about liberty and freedom and justice and usher in God's kingdom era. And so those thoughts were obviously in Bartimaeus' mind for him to recognize that Jesus was that Messiah, the son of David. And he calls out to Jesus, and it didn't matter that the crowd was trying to shush him up and quieten him down, saying, come on, Bartimaeus, just calm down, just relax. It didn't matter. Bartimaeus called out all the more, again, because he realized how desperate he was. And somehow he realized that Jesus was someone who could help him. Who do you turn to for help? And again, in our rational, Western, independent world, usually it would be to ourselves or to the internet especially if you're diagnosing a medical condition. I don't know the number of people who go to Google and say, what is wrong with me? <laughs> who do you turn to for help? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's other people that you trust and respect. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But I wonder how far down your list Jesus would be in terms of who you turn to for help. How far down that list would you be? And I want to suggest to you that maybe the one who can calm a storm with a word, maybe the one who can take five loaves and two fish and multiply them and feed thousands, maybe the one who can make a blind man see, maybe the one who can open deaf ears, maybe the one who can make a mute speak or the lame walk, maybe the one who can even raise the dead, walk on water, maybe, maybe that one is the one that maybe you should be turning to for help. Maybe he should be moved up your list. And maybe when you're faced in your desperate situation and you're aware of how much you need God, that he would be the first one you go to. He would be your speed dial option number one. Because Bartimaeus realized that something about this Messiah, this son of David, he's my hope. He's my answer. He's the one that can change everything for me. And he's the one I'm going to call out to. And, and let me tell you that there might be challenges in your way. Even though you might realize you need Jesus, there might be challenges that stand in the way of you getting to Jesus. It might be your fears. It might be your doubts. It might be your skepticism. It might be, you know, your past experience with church or with Christians. It might be a whole bunch of things that can be the obstacle between you and Jesus, even though you might know that you need to get to Jesus. But I want to encourage you, be like Bartimaeus, who would not let the obstacles stand in the way. He would not let the crowd stop him because, again, he knew he needed Jesus and he knew... Whatever it was he knew about Jesus, it was enough to convince him that his answer, his life encounter was in that person, in Jesus. Question number three, what do you really want? What do you really want? This is a, this is a really interesting question for you to think about. Now your pious answer would be, oh Jesus, of course, Really? I find this is an interesting question. It's in the mouth of Jesus. Bartimaeus is brought to him. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Like, really? Jesus, you're the son of God. And there's a blind man standing in front of you. Like, really? I wonder. I wonder why Jesus asked that question. Maybe he was wanting to see what Bartimaeus really wanted. See, you could be blind, but still want something else. 
And maybe he just wanted to say, Bartimaeus, what do, you, what do you really want me to do for you? Bartimaeus could have asked for anything. And I don't know if Jesus would have given him anything, but he could have asked for anything. I wonder what you would ask for if you were in Bartimaeus' shoes. If you were standing right in front of Jesus, face to face, and Jesus said, what do you really want me to do for you? I wonder what would come to mind. I wonder what need you would identify. I love Bartimaeus is just simply, Jesus, I just want, Rabbi, I want to see. I just want to see. What's the foremost thing that comes to your mind when you think, Jesus, if you were standing here and you asked me this question, this is what I would say. What would it be? Because as we encounter Jesus, as we go on this journey, you'll see that different people answered that question in different ways. And Jesus, in his grace and compassion, meets people sometimes at that place. And not just in the Bible, but throughout history, many people have come to Jesus because Jesus met a need that they had, a desperate need. I know of people who were healed of cancer and came to faith through that. I know people whose marriages were falling apart and disintegrating, and they came to Jesus, and Jesus restored their marriage, and they came to faith through that. And I, I could list story after story and need after need that brought people to Jesus. But sometimes that's just where it begins. What do you want me to do for you? Profound question. What is it you really want? Question number four, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? You see, verse 52 tells us, Bartimaeus, Jesus says to Bartimaeus, go, your faith has healed you. And throughout the New Testament, when you read it, you'll see that there were lots of people who came to Jesus and they had a need, a desperate need, and they encountered Jesus and Jesus meets their need and we don't know much more about them. They walk away. They go back to their normal lives. They return to life different because Jesus has radically changed it, but in some ways still the same. And I've also heard many people who've come to church and come to Christianity and come to church, to Jesus and had a radical encounter, whether it's a physical healing or a miracle or an incredible life transformation, but it doesn't stay that way. You see, let me ask you this. What will you do if Jesus does meet you at your most desperate place? What will you do with Jesus? If he does give you what you really want and answers your prayer, what will you do with Jesus? See, Bartimaeus made a powerful, incredible decision that way. And we're told immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I want to suggest to you that maybe once Bartimaeus had his eyes opened and he's looking right at Jesus, in that moment he kind of realized, you know what, maybe there's more that I really needed. Maybe what I really needed wasn't to see. Maybe what I really needed was to see him. I wonder. I wonder if in that moment, Bartimaeus kind of went, there's something about this man, about trusting in him and following in him, the one who has just opened my eyes that I'm yet to discover and I need to follow him. Maybe in that moment, Bartimaeus realized that, you know, of all the things a blind man could have wanted to do, 
now that he can see. Just think about that for a moment. If you've been blind, we're not told for how long, all the things that you might have wanted to do, just to go and see your family maybe, to see a sunset maybe. And yet Bartimaeus in that moment we're told says, no, no, I I don't really want any of those things. What, What I really want is him. I want to follow him. Let me ask you another question. What will you do with Jesus if he doesn't meet your need? What will you do with Jesus if he doesn't give you what you really want? And the reason I ask you that question is in the previous story, it's the request of James and John, and you're probably familiar with this. And Jesus asks them almost exactly the same question. These two disciples who have been following Jesus, they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we, we have a request. We want something from you. And we, we want to sit. One of us wants to sit on your right hand and the other wants to sit on your left hand. And, and Jesus responds, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized? Verse 38, verse 39, we can they answer. And Jesus says, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the water, but to sit at my right or left, these places belong to those to whom they have been prepared. In verse 36, notice Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you when they first come to Jesus? Exact same question. What do you want me to do for you? And they tell him, and Jesus goes, it's it's not for me to give you that. And then he goes on to talk about what it really means to be in the kingdom. And ultimately what his real purpose was, which was to give his life as a ransom for the world. See, Jesus in there is wanting to move these two disciples beyond what they thought they really wanted, which was power and authority and prestige and reputation and recognition, which are some of the things we all want. And Jesus goes, no, let me point you in a different direction. I came to give my life as a ransom because You guys, you all stand under God's wrath without a relationship with me, with with the Father through me. You're all condemned and you're going to be lost and you're going to spend forever separated and alienated from him. And that's where you stand right now. Each of us who haven't come to know God through Jesus, through his forgiveness, we stand condemned. We stand under God's wrath and we are now separated and we will forever be separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell. And Jesus said, Jesus says, I might not be able to give you that, but I'm here to give you so much more. I'm here to offer you a right relationship because of my coming death and resurrection. I'm offering you forgiveness. I'm offering you the opportunity to be made right so you can stand before God and be in relationship with him and be his child, his, his son, his daughter, and have the full inheritance of being part of the kingdom. Not just now, not just eternal life now, but forever eternal life. So much more. But sometimes we only see what we really want right here, right now. And sometimes Jesus does do those things. And other times he says no. He says, but what I want to give you is something far, far, far better. What will we do with Jesus? Whether he meets our need, will we follow like Bartimaeus? keep encountering Jesus and growing in Jesus? Or will we start well but not finish? And what if we don't get what we really want? Will we walk away disappointed, angry, rejected, hurt, mad? When Jesus says, I want to give you so much more. I want to give you myself. And we sometimes say, but that's not enough. It's 
not enough. What will we do with Jesus? Last question. What will we do with the blind beggars in our life? What will we do with the blind beggars in our life? What will, we, what will we do with the people that are sitting in our metaphoric city gates, in our, on our pathway as we walk in and out of cities, in our everyday life, who, because we know our desperate state, we can see their desperate state, and we know they need Jesus. What will we do with them? Will we just walk past them? Will we ignore them? Will we, like the crowd of Jesus' followers, be so caught up with being with Jesus and having fun with Jesus and, and excited about the fact that we're part of the Jesus community that we don't even see other desperate blind bakers? We don't even see them because we're not blind beggars anymore. Or will we think that that's too hard for Jesus? Or that he's not interested maybe. I don't know why the crowd that day made it so difficult for Bartimaeus to get to Jesus. I don't, I don't understand that. But I know in my life, I do that sometimes. I make it hard for others to come to Jesus. I'm in the way because of how I live my life, because of just carelessness, because I don't see, because I'm so preoccupied with my own stuff. But they're there all around us sitting by the roadside begging in desperate need for an encounter with Jesus. What will we do with them? I want to challenge each of us, not just as part of this series, but as a church, will we embrace the heart of Andrew in John chapter 1, not the crowd in Mark chapter 10. The, the heart of Andrew that when he encounters Jesus, he is so transformed, he is so impacted, that it says that the first thing that Andrew did he says to his brother, Simon, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. Friend, it's not about bringing people to church. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to grow PCC and say, bring people to church. We want to grow our church. Not at all. I don't care which church you take them to. Just take them to Jesus. And you don't even have to take them to church to do that. You can do that in your lounge room. You can do that in your home. You can do that at work. You can do that at a cafe. You can do that wherever you are. Bring them to Jesus. Somehow. Somehow, give them a track, invite them to Alpha, invite them to church, invite them to Connect Group, invite them to your home to have a meal. Share your story. Tell them how Jesus has transformed your life. However you do it, bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Five questions. Think about them. As we continue on this journey, how do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as desperate people who need Jesus? Or now that we've been Christians for a while, you guys jump up, please. Do we kind of go, you know what? I'm, I'm doing okay now. I, I, don't, I don't need Jesus as much anymore. Well, that's a lie, friend. You, you need Jesus just as much in this moment as you did when you were so lost and far from God. How do you see yourselves? Because that is what will keep driving you to Jesus, to encounter him because of your awareness that you desperately need him. Think about these questions. Think about what it is you really want. Think about who you turn to for help in your most desperate moment. Think about what you're going to do with Jesus, whether he meets your needs or not, whether you actually are content with Christ alone. Christ alone. And what will you do with other desperate, 
hungry beggars that we all walk past. What will we do with them? We're going to share communion as we conclude our service this morning. Like the ushers to distribute them. Because this is the reminder of what the ultimate encounter of Jesus is all about. It's encountering him in his death and his resurrection. It's encountering his broken body and his shed blood that brings us into relationship with the Father. It's encountering Christ in such a powerful way that we receive God's forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. And that's why Bartimaeus cries out, have mercy on me. For Bartimaeus, that meant I want to see. But for each of us and for Bartimaeus, it meant God, don't treat me as my sins deserve. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. And the broken body that's symbolized by this little bit of cracker and the shed blood of Jesus that's symbolized with this cup is the demonstration of God's mercy for you, for me. And this is a, a believer's table. So if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if, if you haven't yet made that commitment to follow Christ, then you feel free to let it pass by. But if you are, then remind yourself of what Christ has done. And in this moment, let's make it a moment of reflection, of thanks, of praise, that we were like Bartimaeus, sitting desperately by the side of the road, calling out, Jesus, will you have mercy on me? And he did. He did. His body was broken and his blood was shed so that you and I could be forgiven and reconciled to God. Take a moment to reflect on that and consider what you will do with Jesus now. What you will do with Jesus now. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. We worship you.